Uh, Casey, are you there? I'm here. Hi. 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 So we're going over more of the Bible today. Yay. And I'm sure that you're not going to like how I'm going to sum up the entire episode. Oh, no? No. Okay. Okay. So today we're talking about Gideon's son's construction. Gideon <laughs> and son's construction. Sorry, I kind of fudged that up a little bit. But... To let you guys know, the Israelites are being oppressed by the Midianites. I mean, you know, Israelites are always um, uh, oppressed. And it's because they, of course, fucked up and started, you know, uh, worshiping uh, the god of balls. Um, <laughs> they, of course, cry bitch tears. Uh, but then a prophet from God comes out and is like, hey, this is your fault. You know, victim blaming and shit. And then you, uh, you, we got a surprise guest today, honey. We do? Yes. Nice. Jesus comes down and what? has a powwow with Gideon. Um. Yeah. No, that doesn't it, happen. Actually, it's a little bit more on the nose than you think. Gideon uh, is is kind of the nerdy runt of the group, so he's kind of like, what the fuck, God? Um, I can't do shit. <laughs> uh, and then Jesus disappears like Batman, and then God tells him to destroy the balls uh, altar, uh, which I, I would love to see an altar of balls. Like, would it just be two big old nuts? Just like a guy holding two big old nuts being like, yeah, these are some nice nuts. Anyways, um, <laughs> but but uh, God tells Gideon to destroy, you know, this altar of balls. And so Gideon does, of course. But Gideon is saved by his own dad, like physical dad. Um, and then uh, apparently Gideon has to prepare for some battle. Um, it, but, but Gideon has to test God, uh, and then there's some kind of illusion with the fleece, which we'll cover later, mm-hmm. um, which actually has a little bit more, uh, 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 uh it, it's got more meaning than it actually lets on in the text. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Christian, you know how to read into this shit. Oh, okay. Um, and then they go into battle with like 30,000 people, but God's like, nah, bro, why don't you just take like 300 of these people that like drink water weird? And then Sparta kicked these Midianites into hell. And um, and it's all for the glory of God because God is peace and love, right? God is merciful. Uh, and then apparently at some point they break a bunch of pots and uh, it causes the Midianites to go crazy and they kill each other. I don't know. Something like that happens. Anyways, it's today's episode. Oof. That was... That was... I can't wait to see Jesus. Jesus... Jesus is not here. Well, he's in the story. Mm, no. We'll, we'll see who's correct. Okay. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? doing? So today on the Bible podcast, of course, we are going to be going over what we just now discussed, and I will turn it over to KC to correct me on everything I got wrong, although some parts uh, parts of it are actually a bit more on the nose than she thinks, so we'll Oh, so see. you're going to correct me? Well, no, I'm not going to correct you. I'm just going to let you know, like, you, you know how I, I do every week now where I cross-reference uh-huh. how Christians teach this in, like, sermons and everything like that? Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not going to correct you on anything, but I'm <laughs> going to, you know, educate you on, on how Christians read this text. Okay. Sounds good. 
So today, guys, we're going to be going over Judges uh, chapter 6 and 7. And then at the very end, we're going to have a little dispute that is the first three verses of uh, Judges chapter 8. So that's what we're looking at today. If you remember last week and the week before, we started going through um, the judges that are leading the Israelite people when they go astray because they can't deal without a leader, right? (laughs) Um, So last week we talked about Deborah and Barak. And this week, well, so let's see. At the end of last week, the land had peace for 40 years. Now we have to assume that the land had peace while Deborah and Barak were alive. Um, And then... Well, yeah, because the Israelites can't do anything right unless they have a leader. Right. (laughs) So they, they have... The assumption is that at some point they died, right? And then they fall back into, you know, their evil ways, worshiping other people. Right. So here we go. You ready? Yes. All right. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites because the power of Midian was so oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock in tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. So... And those are the Midianites came in to ravage the land? Yeah, the Midianites and the Amalekites. Oh, they sound like dicks. Yeah. So uh, they impoverished the Israelites so so badly, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. And then the Lord is up in heaven like, oh, now you want more help. Now you want my help. When it comes time to worship in good times, you want to fucking worship someone else. You want to worship the balls. (laughs) Okay. Bell. (laughs) B-A-A-L. I don't know. Bale's got some big balls, though. Oh, okay. So when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So he blames them. Of course, because, you know, victim blaming. Well, I mean, yeah, but he did tell them ahead of time. What was going to happen? Like, these are just, they're facing consequences of their decisions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joza, the, um, Ab- I looked this up before, Abiezrite. Yeah, that's what it is. The Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Sir Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Okay, so I want to point out here, this is where I was a bit on the nose and you didn't know. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, because right there it says the Lord turned to Gideon. So this angel of the Lord is actually identified as the Lord. Uh-huh. And so now it, this is at least how the Christians read into it because it was a Christian sermon that I was reading. But they read into that as meaning that it was the Messiah angel. Uh, because in 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 Judaism and uh, the Old Testament, there is a Messiah archangel that is present throughout it. Yeah. And in their whole uh, angelology of Judaism, this Messiah figure uh, is often uh, interacting with the Israelites. Uh, he's also the agent of creation and whatnot. Um, in in the Old Testament, um, but. Uh, so Christians read this as it being Jesus because no, because according to, of course, the Old Testament and the Bible, no man has seen God, right? Right. So it's the angel of the Lord, mm -hmm. but he's also identified as the Lord. So And since the Holy Spirit doesn't have any kind of like corporeal form, it has to be God the Son. So right. it's, it's Jesus, essentially. And so that's how Christians read into this, that it's Jesus that appears to Gideon and tells Gideon, hey, nerdy fuck, you're, you're going to be saving all of these people. Well, we haven't got to that part yet. Well, I mean, we Gideon's the judge, so obviously that's what happens because that's, that's what happens every time. Israelites fuck up, they displease God, and then God raises up a judge, and the judge saves them all. I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dry at this point. Yeah, and it happens over and over and over. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, go ahead. Jesus um, appears to him. Got it. <laughs> but Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. We, uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, sorry. I meant to mention this earlier, but um, there's a heavy emphasis on sin, like it, it prior to Jesus appearing to Gideon. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that this is taught is that sin causes all the bad shit that happens in our lives. Yes. So it's sin that is the problem, and it's your sin that causes things to happen to you. Yeah. This is, a, you know, a key component in Christian understanding of God and the Bible and everything, because you oftentimes will have these people that will tell, like, a rape victim to figure out what kind of sin caused you to get raped. Because yeah. they have this idea that it's sin that causes bad things to happen to you. Yeah, if you're good, good things will happen. If you're bad, bad things will happen. Right. And that's, you know, that's really prevalent. Like, I mean, it's, that's it's been that way since the beginning of the Bible. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, victim blaming, very much still a thing uh, in Judges. Um, I mean, it's been a thing throughout the entire deal. But here it kind of highly emphasizes the fact that sin has caused the Israelites to be oppressed and it's only when you throw off the shackles of sin mm -hmm. that they are delivered. So mm -hmm. that's the purpose. That's the purpose of the Gideon story here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been the purpose of all of them, but it's still it's just I guess it's just more central to the story here. Yeah. So Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and from an uh, ephah of flour. I never, I need to look that word up. Ephah? E-P-H-A-H. -H. 
E E Pahafa. Paha. I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me to pronounce shit. <laughs> uh, he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. Gideon did so with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. The angel of the Lord touched the meat and unleavened bread. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. <laughs> like Batman. <laughs> when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are, go you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Afra of the um, Abiez rights. I don't know why just, I have such a problem with that word. Just so everybody's clear, he builds this off altar, names it the, the Lord is peace. It, it, this is all so that Gideon will go and kill a bunch of fucking people and free the Israelites. So... I don't like it feels very contradictory to name it, name the altar. The Lord is peace when it's like, all right, now go kill a bunch of fucks. Well, so they did this a lot in the Bible. They said that certain places were named certain things because of some word that was said there or some person that was there or which, you know, it's kind of normal. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to like a really small, um, a really small town. I don't know. I have a. I have friends and some family that live in southeastern Kentucky and basically roads down there in those towns are named after who lives on them. So, I mean, I guess this is kind of a... Well, why don't you pull on to James Road and take a ride on Cletus's Avenue? <laughs> the same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole. A Sherah pole beside it, then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of its height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. Okay. Okay. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it all at night rather than in the daytime. Right. Because the people in the town, they were worshiping Baal. Right. Okay. So in the morning when the men of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joseph, did. The men of the town demanded of Joseph, bring out your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Wait. How did they know that he did it? I'm not really sure. Maybe one of the servants squawked. I, yeah, I'm, maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's like, oh, we're going to do this at night so nobody knows and nobody can stop us. But then, so, I mean, I guess the primary thing for doing it at night was so that nobody would stop them. Yeah. Because I guess the guards are only walking around during the day. Well, I don't know something. if they have guards, but I mean, like people at night were sleeping. Well, yeah, but... Of course, I don't know how they could sleep through them tearing down a fucking altar, chopping up wood, and, like, sacrificing a bull. Yeah, really sure I mean, works. yeah, I'm not sure how all that... Anyways, I think we're thinking way too much into the Bible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. 
So uh, Joseph replied to the hostile crowd around him, Are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, then he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So that day they called Gideon Jerubbaal, uh, Baal, sorry, Jerubbaal, saying, let Baal contend with him because he broke down Baal's altar. Mm-hmm. Now, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the other eastern peoples that are, you know, that are oppressing the Gideonites, um, they joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Uh, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet summoning the Abiezrites. Why? Here, I got to write this word down. Abiezrites. That way, like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Phonetics. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Summoning the Abiezrites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms and also Asher, Zebulun and Naphtali so that they too went up to meet them. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on my threshing floor. If it is, if, if there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And so he, he's testing God. Right. To make sure. Right. Which, I mean, I guess to be fair, one, you're not supposed to test God. Right. But at the same time, God warns you about false prophets. Right. So he's testing to make sure, I guess. So that's what happened. Gideon rode early, arose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water, and all the, the ground around was dry. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. This time make the fleece dry and the ground covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with dew. Okay, so again, this is like there's three tests of God, magical law of three. Earlier, you had the bull or whatnot that was seven years old. Seven is magical yeah. number, um, in there. So it well, make, that wasn't a test. No, 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 that wasn't a test. I'm I'm just pointing out magical numbers. Oh, okay. Well, you said there were three tests. Yeah, there were three tests. You had the. Uh, when the angel of the Lord was there and Gideon put all the stuff there and he made it disappear yeah. and he disappeared. That was a test. Mm-hmm. And now there's the fleece test, which yeah. is actually the two tests. Two tests, right? Okay, so there's there's a three. But I was just pointing out another magical number being that the bull was age seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but this actually had – like Christians read very much into the the um, the very – the second test. Uh, with the fleece mm-hmm. because like they interpret it as the fleece being the Israelite nation when they, um, uh, you know, when they adhere to the prophets and the law. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when the dew is covering the fleece. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes to wring out the fleece and fill up a bowl of water, that is an allusion to Christianity, you know, being, uh, y- you know, being created out of Judaism uh, because it's like you squeeze the tenets out of Judaism into Christianity. Like I'm, I'm not just making this up. Like I've researched like these, uh, the, the two chapters we're going over today. And this was a pretty big illusion. Like that is it. really stupid. Who decided that's what that means? Uh, well, uh, biblical scholars, New Testament scholars, I'm guessing. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so they well, interpret. Water is life. 
Yeah. Well, uh, so they, they just, they interpret this as like an allusion to Christianity and it also uh, is an allusion to like, uh, Israelites when they adhere to God's word, you know, they're covered in that while everybody else is dry Mm -hmm. and everything like that. I'm not sure how they, how they actually do it for the, they didn't actually cover the the third test. They just said, oh, and then there was a third test. So <laughs> Of course, because we can't figure out how to make that shit work. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, continue. Okay. So in the early morning, uh, Gideon and all of his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp, in Mid- uh, the camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands in order that Israel may not boast against me that it was her own strength that saved her. Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. So 22,000 men were scared and they fucking left. All right. Right. All the pussies in the crowd, you can just go ahead and leave right now. And like 22,000 were like, oh, well, yes, I am a pussy. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just going to go back and, I don't know, do whatever the fuck pussies do. Okay. So apparently 10,000 men is also too many. Are you ready? Oh, shit. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will sift them for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. All right. Okay. So here's here's the test. Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. 300 men lapped with their hands to their mouths and the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon with the 300 men that lapped like a dog, (laughs) I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. I'm guessing that they're not really going to go into much detail as to how they actually win, do they? It's just like, he he defeated the Midianites with the 300. Well, no, I mean, it's going to be magical as fuck. Let's just say that. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it's interesting because they talk about the, the lapping like a dog. Now, so when I, when I envision lapping like a dog, I envision, and we talk about this a little more um, on the Patreon podcast that we do before this one. That's basically preparing for the episode. It's our pre-meeting show and our pre our pre podcast meeting right right and so we do a pre meeting show and if you want to watch that go over to Patreon uh, become a patron for as little as one dollar a month and you can listen to that over there we also talk about current event stuff going on there too so anyway the what I envision when I hear him say lapped like a dog. My idea is that you would get down like on your hands and knees, bend down to the water and like lick at the water. Right. Right. And like pull water into your mouth with your tongue. That's what dogs do. But then it further describes it as getting the water with your hands and drinking the water out of your hands. That's lapping like a dog. 
Which to me, that's what most people would do. Yeah, I can't imagine people would like you know bring their faces down to the water and instead of like cupping it and like because I mean even 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 uh, I remember as a kid I would cup and like. Yeah, so I guess one of the things that it, when we talked about this in the in the other podcast about maybe it's because their hands were not clean. Yeah, because you know, know they it, imagine this: they wipe their asses with their hands. So who would want who 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 would be stupid enough to cup with their shit hand and drink out of their shit hand? <laughs> so I don't know. I don't really know why, but apparently. Out of 10,000 men, only 300 did it like that, and the rest of them put their lips straight down to the water. Yeah. Which is not lapping like a dog. So, anyways. Which I would, I would also like to point out how unsanitary it is to just drink straight out of, like, a river or something like that. Well, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so now. Now? what What is the difference between now and then? Pollutants. You don't think that there was bacteria in the water back then? Well, I'm not saying there wasn't bacteria in the water. That's of course the, there's bacteria. But, but like... No, uh, no. What I'm saying is is that there's bacteria in the water. And, like, that's how you get, like, dysentery and shit. Well, yeah, sometimes. But there's also clean water that flows that you can drink. Well, I mean, it's usually best practice to just to get water and then boil it. Well, yeah. That's best practices. And we know that now. Yeah. But back then, that probably wasn't something that was well known. Well, no, it wasn't. No, I, what I'm pointing out here is that it it probably would have been best to get water, boil it, and then give people water. But they wouldn't have known that to do that. Well, no, but, I mean, God's all-knowing. But the Israelites aren't. God, they apparently had a direct line to God. I don't know. Maybe God likes watching them have dysentery. I don't know. He's a freak. <laughs> Anyway, can we get on with the story? Yeah. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that I that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let the other men go each to his place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, kept but kept 300, who took over the provisions and trumpets of others. Did I say that already? I think I read that already. So during the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up and go down into the camp because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pura and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joseph the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and, and the whole camp into his hands. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, a loaf he, of bread hit a tent, knocked it over, and that means that they're going to win. Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I recognize that piece of bread. That's Gideon bread right there. I mean, yeah. you ain't going to fuck with that kind of bread. I don't. <laughs> so stupid. I mean, it's like, you know, me having like a, a, a dream about pizza, and it's like, oh, you know what that means? Gideon's here. <laughs> <laughs> You know how I know the Gideonites have been somewhere? How? There's a Bible. <laughs> in the drawer at the hotel. Yeah. Um, okay, so 
When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped God. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, from fr then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding their right hands the trumpets that were to they were to blow and shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. When While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. So the Midianites start killing each other. So... The, let, let me just set the scene here. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a ring of Gideon's people, the Israelites, are around the camp, and they all blow trumpets, smash pots, and of course the people inside the camp are like, oh, well, fuck, I'm going to kill Jimmy over there. Not pots, <laughs> glass jars, vases. Va vases? Like glass jars. A vase? Well, some people say vase. Some cultured people say vase. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, but still, the the fact remains. They like broke vases, vases, whatever, and like the Midianites and whatever inside the camp were like, "Well, fuck, let's just kill each other then." <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but but I mean, God made them kill each other, not the breaking of the pots, right? Jars. Or jars, vase, vase. All of them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the army fled to Beth Shitta. To <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. They fled to Beth Shitta? <laughs> It might not be Beth Shitta corn. It, it, it might not be pronounced that way. Would you like me to go to the Be how to pronounce? Sure, because sure, I think Beth Shitta brick. <laughs> <laughs> what else is Beth Shitta? I don't know. She probably Let's got see. dysentery from drinking that shush, river water. Shush. Wait, why aren't you? Shitta. 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 Beth Shitta. Beth Shitta. Okay. <clears throat> so they fled to Beth Shitta towards Zara, Zerera, as far as the border of Abel Mahala near Tabith. Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh were called out and they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers through the hill country of Ephraim saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Bera. So the men of Ephraim were called out, and they took to the waters of the Jordan as far as Beth Bera. They also captured the two of the Midianite leaders, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the Rock of Oreb and Zeb at the wine press of Zeb. It's interesting <laughs> that they killed these men at the places that they, they probably named them afterward. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. So I wonder if Oreb was killed by a rock and Zeb was killed by a wine press. Could have been. 
Yeah, I don't know, but they pursued the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon. Jesus who, Christ. Who was by the Jordan. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just, that seems a little, that's, that's a little excessive, don't you think? Yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, the... You know how they have the little gray boxes at the beginning where they do, like, little summaries and shit? Yeah. Okay, so in this thing that we just read here, it says the Ephraim were called out and they took to the waters of the Jordan. Yeah. Okay, so they're claiming here that this is the first people who were known to use, um, like, canals and, like, water in battle. I mean, what? I don't know. Also, they say that um, the Midianites are the first people to use camels in battle. Mm, I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I tried to look that shit up and definitely can't find anything about. Yeah. Like, I don't know how. Like, I feel like there's people f- for a long time that would use water as a mode of transportation. Right. To get like, I don't know. I feel like this is wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. In all sorts is. of ways, I feel like this is wrong. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's de- it's definitely wrong because obvious. I mean, people have been using the water mm-hmm. for like wars and shit before this. Yeah, I mean, just because you're in the Middle East and you got very little water to begin with, doesn't mean that water doesn't exist elsewhere. Well, yeah, but it, yeah. So, but you know, all that matters is their little bubble area here. So. That's the end of uh, Judges chapter 7. Now we're going to start at the very beginning of Judges chapter 8. Um, the Ephraimites are a little peeved at Gideon because, like, he just called them after the battle was basically, after they'd already started, to basically help clean up, right? So they, they said to him, why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they criticized him sharply. But he answered them, what have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't the gleanings of Ephraim's grapes better than the full grape harvest of um, Abiez- Abiezer? God gave Oreb and Zeb, the Midianite leaders, into your hands. What was I able to do compared to you? At this, their resentment against him subsided. So they were kind of pissed because I guess maybe they wanted glory. I'm not really sure. Or maybe they just wanted to help. But, I mean, he's like, you did help. You took out the princes. Right. So, there we are. So, I mean, that that's good diffusing of the situation there, Gideon. Hey, you were able to cut off the heads of the princes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you bitching about? And he's like, oh, well, you got a good point there. I guess we'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's the end of today's lesson, but next week we're going to actually continue this story because it doesn't end. Um, We're going to talk about what happens to Gideon and his 300 men after, right? Um, Right. We're going to talk about the Midianite kings because they haven't been taken. Um, We're going to talk about um, cities being punished and um, how Gideon was offered uh, to be king and doesn't basically doesn't want to be like king, right? But Gideon does have a son named Abimelech. You remember Abimelech? Mm -hmm. So Abimelech has ideas of his own about how he he wants to be king. Wasn't Abimelech a guy that was like giving shit to like, I don't know, it was like Joseph or somebody like in, in the Bible? Abimelech's been a name in the Bible before. Yes, it has. We've had Abimelech before. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. I I can't I can't remember what he did. He fucked up somebody though. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we will. We'll cross reference in the past. <laughs> um so Abimelech goes because Gideon has a lot of other sons. And of course. Abimelech wants to be king. So he kills all of his brothers. Holy shit. Yeah, he kills all of his brothers. And he loses he loses support. Um so we're going to talk about that. Um, Abimelech gets killed and the wicked get punished. Of course, the wicked always get punished. You can't go through a fucking day in the Bible without people getting punished. Well, the wicked get punished. I like, other than Abimelech dying, like who else was wicked in that? Was there somebody else that was wicked? I wonder. Well, so do you want me to read you? Do you want me to spoiler alert the last, the last verses from next week? No. Okay. My, my, my question was rhetorical. Okay. So, yeah, if you want to go and check it out before we start next week, we're going to be going over Judges chapter 8 and chapter 9. All right. We seem to be doing a good two chapters of uh, Bible study here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very easy and manageable. I feel like that's pretty good. Uh, so uh, if you would like to hear the patron episode please go over there now uh to patreon.com and for as little as a dollar you can listen to those podcasts and and then in the future weeks you can listen to those before because that's where we do our that's that so if you if you're not familiar with them we have the pre-meeting where i go through and tell ge what we're going to be talking about Mm -hmm. and that's what he uses to build his lovely summary that he gives you at the very beginning of this podcast so right you'll see what i tell him and he comes up with from that it's pretty (laughs) interesting um it's pretty interesting how he comes up with the shit he comes up with and he does it on the fly because he doesn't know what we're talking about before i tell him nope I, i don't So, uh, but yeah, so everybody go over there right now, become a patron, and I guess we'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.